Welcome to the 22nd episode of the Cranky Flyer interview. This time I sit down with someone whose company is an airline but does not fly airplanes and has no interest in doing so. Confused? Uh, Don't worry. It'll all become clear in my conversation with David Sunday, co-founder and CEO of Landline, a regional airline partner that, at least so far, uses only earthbound vehicles to connect to both United and Sun Country. But first, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, Southern California's Ontario International Airport, America's fastest growing airport three years running. ONT has been a model of resiliency during the pandemic, maintaining a greater share of its passenger volumes than all but two other airports in its peer group in the U.S. The trend is poised to continue with recent service additions to cities around the U.S., including the recent news that Charlotte will join the network, as well as new international flying to San Salvador. Keep it safe, keep it simple, get on to what matters most. Visit flyontario.com for more. And now, let's get on with the show. I am talking today to David Sunday, co-founder and CEO of Landline, which I am choosing to describe as a regional airline that doesn't fly airplanes. Is that uh, fair enough, David? Brett, as long as you didn't describe it as a bus company, anything would have been better than that. <laughs> but uh, I think that's that's completely accurate. We are. Um, I, I think of us kind of like a connectivity platform that allows airlines to add things that are maybe a little bit unconventional. Um, to their networks in a really seamless way. Um, Please don't tell me you're a tech company. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone uh, likes to say that. Connectivity, you mean actual physical connectivity? I do. Yeah. No, I think you know a lot of people have tried the kind of the multimodal thing before, and I actually think it's a it's an important distinction when I talk about landline that we are you know in the real world operating assets, and I think that's ultimately where the multimodal kind of model can be successful. Um, but the point of what I mean is, you know, we're starting with, with buses and vans and cars and on, and things with wheels. But I think our broader mission is, is to kind of tackle this gap that's emerged in the, in the, you know, travel space around 50 to call it 250 miles. And we'll do whatever it takes to, to make that happen. To back up maybe a second though. So today you are, shall we say, flying uh, buses, vans, cars, whatever, uh, right. but connecting to airlines. So is is that the focus is how do we connect to airlines or is it connect to anything? I think for now, the focus is is really connecting to airlines. I think the biggest, the biggest opportunity I see is just the kind of the gap that exists between air transportation and ground transportation. Um, and I think for for our immediate future that's where we're going to stay really focused on just how to make that that part of the travel day really seamless for people um particularly in the u.s i think that's probably the biggest multimodal challenge that that we face well it's the hardest place to do it so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so good good plan there uh (laughs) so (laughs) all right but i mean as you mentioned others have tried multimodal before um, I think maybe the first time we talked, I had mentioned uh, the the America West. Uh, I think it was called the Carolina that went off to Scottsdale from Phoenix uh, Sky Harbor there. Uh, but you know there are a million of these types of things, and even some that exist today uh, that United sure. has out of Allentown. So, what is different 
here? Why, why are you going to make this work? Yeah, I, a couple of things. So, I mean, you can go back in airline history and find all sorts of, you know, strange one-off bus uh, connections, train connections. You know, Lufthansa um, has tried to do bus connections previously. I think they've still got a relationship with Deutsche Bahn. Um, and then on the tech side, you can go look at companies like Omeo or um, even Kiwi that have tried to kind of present customers with a, a hack together itinerary of, you know, taking a Greyhound to a taxi to a, all this types of stuff. So people have tried this in the past. I think the difference with, with Landline is that it's our kind of creating these experiences is our primary business model. So in the case of airlines, at least when I've talked to people, um, you know, bus connections in the past have been there to solve maybe a specific problem. And then, you know, people move on and they forget about it and it's just, it's not core to the business. And then it kind of, you know, dies. Um, and in the case of a, of a true tech company, um, there's no ability to control the actual day of travel. Uh, and in, in my experience, uh, getting people to experiment with multimodal trips, everything is about the day of travel. The booking experience is, is kind of trivial. Um, that's, there's a lot of different ways to tackle that. It's, the idea that my bag transfers to the to the air carrier to the landline it's the idea that i might be able to clear security that if if whatever bus or van i'm on is late i know i'm going to be automatically rebooked all these kind of day of travel problems that's where actual conversion happens um and so having a you know a platform company whatever whatever you want to call it um that's focused entirely on that um idea is really our differentiation and I, you know, I think um, the comparison I like to draw is there's been a lot of successful companies built on kind of entirely focusing on something that's existed for a long time. Like how many grocery stores had, you know, dial delivery service, but it wasn't until Instacart um, made it completely seamless for you to like touch a button on your phone and get groceries delivered to your phone that it really became mainstream. So I, I kind of think of it in the same way. It's like n nothing we're doing is you know, it's existed for a long time in one way or the other, but we're going to make it a mainstream part of, you know, every trip you take because we're going to be so good at making it seamless. All right. So let, let's start with your, your first partner, which was Sun Country, uh, sure. which this has been going on for, has been a couple of years now. When did that start? It started in November of 2019. Okay. So, uh, a little bit of pre-pandemic, <laughs> and then, and then all hell <laughs> yeah. breaks loose. Uh, but so the the plan was Sun Country. Uh, remind me all the destinations that you've been serving. I know Duluth is one, and I'm going to talk sure. more about that. But um, what what's the current setup for your Sun Country operation? Sure. So we started with Duluth and Mankato, and it was exclusively a motor coach operation. So um, kind of like our landline flagship, if you will, our our mainline product. Um, and through the pandemic, it's evolved quite a bit. So now we have Landline, uh, we have Landline Select, which is our private car product. And then starting the summer, we've got Landline Express, which is our um, eight-seat uh, Sprinter van product. Uh, and we're now in seven cities uh, in Minnesota and Wisconsin. So uh, we've got uh, Duluth, uh, Mankato, uh, St. Cloud, Brainerd, La Crosse, Eau Claire, uh, and Rochester, all connecting into their Minneapolis hub. Okay, and I'll take your word for it that those are all cities that exist. Uh, what? 
Sorry, I'm, I should be I should be more up on my Wisconsin Minnesota geography, uh, but okay. So, t- so tell me more about this. So it, it sounds like um, the the main line or the the bus experience. This is your uh, your your Dash Eight product <laughs> or something right. like that. Right. Uh, then your so, no Express is the Sprinter van. So this is your Grand Caravan. <laughs> that the Express is our Beach 1900D and and oh Select that's your Beach our... okay. So yeah, select is our uh, I don't know, like our four hundred two or something like that. Okay, all right. Um, so, but but are these all scheduled? I mean, how is yeah? So the the common theme between all of them is that you can book, um, you know, in an identical fashion to how you connecting flights. So you're typing in Duluth or Eau Claire as your as your you know start or end of your trip. Um, it's being presented to you as one you know seamless itinerary with two flight numbers. Um, that's, that's the common theme across all of them, um, with, with the sprinter van and the motor coach, um, it's very much traditional scheduled service. Um, so we're running, you know, X number of times per day. We do it every day and, and the schedule goes no matter what with select, um, it's slightly different. Um, we actually, uh, we capacity control on the back end, um, the select inventory. So we're only taking one PNR per, per car. Um, and we're actually picking you up at home. So, um, you are putting in the airport code. Um, we've got, um, so a team and some tech on the back end that's figuring out how to get in touch with you prior to your trip. Um, and if you'd like to deport, depart from the airport, that's no problem. Um, but if you'd like to take advantage of the fact that, uh, a private car not only needs no runway, but it really doesn't need any airport infrastructure. Uh, we'll come and grab you from your house and give you a really unique kind of baggage check experience. Um, and that's actually been one of our fastest growing products in the last um, six months. It, it's like people love it. I mean, um, the idea that your airline ticket can start at your front door, I think is a, that's a really big statement for the future. And um, it's, it's worked really well for us. So how do they know? I, I mean, are you presenting all these different options to them when they're looking to book a flight, or what, what's the you know how do you prevent confusion here with what's already yeah. a confusing idea for a lot of people? <laughs> so I mean, some countries have a really good job in their booking flow of kind of making it clear that you're not you know you're not on an airplane, obviously. Um, and then typically, uh, we don't. Um, there's there's typically we don't mix and match too much i guess duluth would be the only market where we have select um and the motor coach i guess st cloud now too um but the biggest differentiation is is going to be the price so the add-on for select is significantly higher um and the idea is that you can just give people you know something much closer to the the true time option that they want people whenever you're on the ground um, people do become quite a bit more sensitive to kind of when that departure time is and what the connecting flight looks like, which might not always make sense like given the kind of hub structure that you need for a bus. Um, but uh, it's it's pretty clear that you're going to be on the ground. And uh, generally, my experience has been when people get a, a call that tells them they're, you know, they're going to be on a private car and get this really cool back check experience, it's, it's always a surprise and delight. Um, so that's, that's kind of how it works. So the buses are only in some markets. That those are only in, do you say, St. Cloud and Duluth? Yeah, the buses are in um, St. Cloud and Duluth, and then the other uh, we have Express in uh, St. Cloud as well. 
um, with a, another market coming later this summer. Um, and then the rest of our markets are select. So I assume between Express and the bus, that's the same price. I mean, a customer doesn't care, right? Is that That's more about you just managing capacity? That's exactly right. It's just a different different gauge for us. So if I'm in Duluth, uh, where you have both options here, um, so what what will I see? It'll say, all right, you can fly f- fly <laughs> from Duluth for X amount, or if you want select, you can pay more to get that. Or is this done after the fact? Basically, it'll sh- it'll show you the same kind of same like, looking connecting itinerary, but you're probably going to be making a choice to say, hey, I don't want to spend three hours in the Minneapolis airport. I'm I want to spend um, you know, 45 minutes or 50 minutes is our MCT. Uh, and so people, it's, it's actually pretty cool because people are making, um, you know, clear trade-offs between time and money. Um, oh, it's, interesting. You, know, you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's less, it's less relevant for maybe in an airline with a more banked hub structure, but in this case, there's, you know, going to be flights where maybe the, the, you know, kind of the concentration of departures from Minneapolis is at one time. And that makes sense for our motor coach. Um, but people might have one, you know, some random flight to, I don't know, Cancun or something where that's out of bank and now they can preserve a really tight connection if they're willing to pay a little bit more money. So, but what's the difference between this and a black car? You talk about a unique bag check experience, but you know, I could just hire anyone to take me to an airport. Totally. Um, so we'll actually, when you're, when you board that black car, you are boarding your first Sun Country flight. So, um, you know, there's the the kind of, I guess, normal stuff. Like if obviously if something happened along the way, um, you'd get automatically rebooked on your Sun Country connecting flight. That's a um, big advantage. But the moment you're in the car, you're checked in. And so when the car arrives at our, um, at our terminal space in Minneapolis, um, you know, you're, someone's going to meet the car, grab your bags from you. Uh, put their tags on them, and you're going to continue directly to your to your gate. So it's just a much it's a much more seamless experience. And I think um, our you know our vision is that you could hire a black car and do that kind of maybe the day before you travel. But if you have the option to just take care of everything at once when you're booking your flight, you know why not book a more co- coordinated experience? When I guess for Irregular operations, that's where this really helps. So let, let's say there's a uh, snowstorm and your black car is marooned on a highway somewhere and you miss your flight. Right. <laughs> they, they have to take care of you, right? If, if you're, right. I mean, you're saying your flight starts when they pick you up. So Exactly. And I think the reverse direction is really where people get when – I, when I talk to customers, um, it's, it's really the inbound leg – to Eau Claire or to Fort Collins or whatever, where people really feel like it's, you know, this very stressful experience because typically you're landing in Minneapolis or Denver or whatever, you're scrambling to open up Uber or, you know, navigate through the airport to find some, um, you know, tiny little airport shuttle counter. There's all these little customer experience hiccups that I think create stress for people. Um, When you land in Minneapolis or Denver and it's just, populated in your itinerary or your app it's like this is where you need to be at this time we're going to take care of your bags for you um it's a really amazing um experience that that people love and and typically we see that's really what drives the um the customer satisfaction in our business is the inbound leg is of course great too but it's 
man, landing in the hub airport and just not having to worry about your trip home. Um, that's what people love. So you, you mentioned Denver and Fort Collins. We haven't even talked about that yet, but this is your, your latest expansion, which is now a partnership with United out of Denver, which that's right. is Fort Collins and oh, I'm Breckenridge. Gonna, Breckenridge. I knew I was just, I should, should have studied this one up more. I forgot the name of the city. Um, <laughs> so is that the same experience as what you're doing in Minneapolis or is there something that's different uh, in Denver with United? Yeah, there's two things that are different. The first one is the the actual branding of the vehicle. So in Minnesota, we have our own brand, um, kind of like an independent regional would. Um, in Colorado, uh, with our United Partnership, the, the vehicles are painted uh, or they're wrapped um, in a really unique United livery. Yeah, I've seen um, that. It looks pretty pretty sharp. It's very sharp. Uh, we're also departing. We depart to both Breck and Fort Collins um, from a gate. Uh, at the air side of the the terminal. So uh, we're in the A concourse at A78. So you actually never have to leave um, the concourse when you land in Denver. And then um, starting a little bit later this year, uh, that'll be the first operation where we also arrive to the hub airport air side. Um, So Fort Collins will become our first city where we're actually like, we're putting you through security. We're putting you on a landline and you're arriving, you know, 45 minutes before your connecting flight. Um, at a gate behind security, which is kind of the ultimate. Um, I feel like that's that's when we've you know finally crossed the line to being legitimately a regional airline with wheels, as you say. Yeah, um, look, that's that's the big win if you can pull that off. But h- how <laughs> how is this happening? How is TSA? Sure. So I think you know, if, if I discuss that in too much detail, I'd probably probably get in trouble. But uh, that's okay. Um, that's, that's not my I'll, problem. What? <laughs> yeah. Better not to know the how, but that we're, um, you know, we're pretty close on it. And I think, um, I mean, that customer experience is going to be, in, you know, obviously incredible. So, all right. So what this will look like, though, this is Fort Collins. This is at the airport. So this is using existing TSA checkpoints. Correct. Correct. So you don't need any staffing or anything like that. So you, you've got that then you get on the bus somehow you keep the bus secure during its transit and then exactly. it gets there and you can take a mirror side which is pretty spectacular um but so that sounds like a good proof of concept in one sense but it requires having an airport with security <laughs> so is right. i mean is this something that can expand beyond this eventually is tsa open to that idea of opening up new checkpoints in other places yeah, absolutely. You know, the um, I guess the the now former um, administrator, I, I think he's now the DHS secretary, but, uh, you know, Admiral or Administrator Pukowski, um, who ran the TSA for the last four years, was, you know, pretty public about the desire to kind of push screening away from, you know, these in, like infrastructure choke points that have emerged at big airports. And, you know, my experience has just been, if you want to be a good partner to the TSA, you've just got to kind of do what you say you're going to do and demonstrate that you're capable. So over the couple of years that we've started, you know, that we've been working on landline, I think we've slowly, you know, stepped into more and more complicated, um, you know, security operations. So we started with checking the bags. um, Then we kind of added an extra layer of complication with select. And we started departing from the air side. Now we're going to arrive to the air side. And then, you know, that final step is, hey, what, what really is an airport in the future if you don't, if you no longer need a runway? Um, and I think 
that's a situation where um, ultimately the the hub airport stands to benefit and TSA stands to benefit um, from just a more efficient system. So um, it's always hard to speculate on timing, but it's it's a really high priority for us. And it's certainly something we talk about being really important to our business is just this idea of if you don't need a runway, like where can you start reaching your customers as an airline, you know? So I, I assume this doesn't extend to the select product. There's not going to be some guy that shows up at my door and frisks me. This has to be like like the mall where there's a giant empty parking lot or something, right? I mean, yeah. I, so the the mall is definitely um, that's an easy and oh, easy's relative, I guess. But that that's the natural entry point. Is um, well, they're empty <laughs> and they have exactly huge parking good. lots. Precisely. So. I mean, you could imagine in the LA basin all the places that would be you know fantastic to start your trip. Um, with that being said, I think we will figure out, uh, we will have some sort of, um, experience for select that improves, you know, the, your screening efficiency. I think that's kind of, you know, our business is making the booking seamless, making the bag seamless and giving you a better screening experience. And that'll exist across all three of our fleet types or whatever fleet types we add in the future. Um, so I think probably later in the year we'll um, we'll have some more news around what that's going to be like for select, but um, for sure the shopping mall angle is is an easy place to start with the motor coach. All right, well let me know what I can do to get the Lakewood Mall higher on the list because that's the closest <laughs> one. So, uh, and it uh, it's not just malls. I mean, even um, I guess this is you know, still somewhat far away from you, but you know why? Like why doesn't Disneyland have an airport code, and why doesn't you know these places where tons of people aggregate and you know that um, it's mostly families traveling and it's a headache. Um, that is, that's such an interesting idea from a network planning perspective. And I know it would make the customer experience better. So, well, that would be hilarious to have an airport code in a no fly zone. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that would be, man, that would be a, I'd be, that, that would be a first I'd be really proud of, I think. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, all right. So how, how's it been going? I mean, Sun Country, you've had more time. So has, has everything worked? Has some stuff not worked? What have you learned? And you know, what, what's the, what's happening so far in the last year and a half here? Yeah. I mean, obviously having COVID, you know, a few months after our launch wasn't, uh, wasn't ideal, but I think it, it taught us a lot about what our business could be. When we started Landline, it was very narrowly focused on, hey, a, you know, a motor coach is a tenth of the direct operating cost of a, of a CRJ 200. It's the same number of seats. Um, you know, this is an easy, easy math to do. Um, with COVID, we were forced to learn more about other fleet types because we wanted to figure out how to down gauge. Um, you know, when demand falls off a cliff, that's, you know, that's what every travel company has to do. The, the net effect of that was select and express and kind of stumbling into this realization that uh, our opportunity is, is way bigger than I think we initially thought, because yes, the motor coach is a fantastic, you know, if, if it's a, under 150 miles into a hub and it's, you know, it's from an airport, it probably should be on a landline instead of a, a regional jet at some point. That's fine. But now you've got this whole other business segment with smaller vehicles that allows you to think about things like you were just saying, like maybe the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica should have an airport. Maybe you know places uh, closer to like the, you know, the the business center of uh, Seattle should have an airport. Like 
once you kind of unconstrain yourself from having to have 50 seats on a motor coach um, and you think about this idea that people can book an airline ticket that starts, you know, a mile from their house um, instead of 20 miles from the house. Um, I think that's ultimately a, a much bigger market opportunity for us. It obviously takes a long time to change consumer behavior, but that's probably been the biggest realization. Um, you know, other than that, I think for what well, the other thing we've learned is that, um, you know, it's, it is difficult to change consumer behavior. Um, but we have a lot of data now that says that uh, when people try the integrated, you know, bus to air, car to air experience, um, they really, they like it and it, it becomes their habit. And that's obviously really powerful um, when you learn that about your business. Which is interesting. But on the other hand, you're also kind of a farm team in a sense. I mean, I, I look at Sun Country now starting flights from Duluth um, with with airplanes uh, to uh, Fort Myers and Phoenix uh, for the next winter, right? So, I mean, is that something – can you talk about that? Did, did you – see a lot of demand on the buses and that kind of led them to take this step to try these types of things? I mean, I think it's totally accurate to say that having, having landline in Duluth, you know, representing the sun country brand for a couple of years, it, it absolutely allows you to collect data. Um, and it allows you to build some brand equity before you might want to take, you know, more cost risk. Um, I think that, uh, I, I'm so excited about this winter's, um, you know, Duluth schedule with the combination of the of the bus and the plane because I think it um, it to me it's it's sort of the it's the ultimate um, it, it's sort of it's sort of like the perfect use case from a network planning perspective because maybe it doesn't make sense to fly those markets every day, um, but we can be in Duluth every day providing great service for Sun Country customers and giving them all sorts of travel options depending on you know what what day a week they want to go on their vacation. Um, and I, I hope it, I hope that that, I hope that we enable that type of, um, you know, service to happen in more markets um, that we connect. I mean, I think you look at other cities, um, I'm, I'm just going to use like Santa Barbara as an example or Santa Rosa or something where airlines, they have a small regional jet um, or something small connecting to the, the neighbor hub but they're still flying mainline to maybe their mid-continent hub um, or, or to, you know, a city that has like a lot of O&D traffic. And I don't know why it would be any different with landline. Uh, you know, we're going to be a more efficient way to handle the really short haul stuff, but it, it certainly doesn't preclude the airline from flying there. And I think like you mentioned um, it, it might, or hopefully it does even give the airline more confidence in the service they want to start. Cause they're, they're getting a fee. They're getting a read on the data without actually having to put an airplane in the market. Yeah. All right. So a, a couple rapid fire questions here, you, uh, sure. here for you. So first of all, um, with United, how's that been booking up so far? It's, it's been, you know, right in line with expectations. Um, really, really pleased with how it's going. Okay. And hopefully your expectations were not too low then. <laughs> uh, and so are you profitable? So landline, um, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't comment too much on our you know, financial condition, but we are, uh, we're backed by like major institutional investors and we're in this uh, for the long haul. So um, there are elements, there are routes we have that are, you know, more profitable than others, but our business right now is not about necessarily, um, you know, immediate term returns. Our business is about creating, you know, 
investing in a 10-year change of consumer behavior where you know there's landlines all over the US. Okay. And then last question before I let you go. Are there more airlines coming? <laughs> Brett, the the one question, you know, I can't uh, I can't speculate on too much, but um you know, well, we, you know, you could say if there's something in the works or not. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> um, look, we're super excited to have the partners we have, and we're just going to keep doing an, an awesome job adding more cities to the route maps. And who knows what will happen in the future? But um, we're, more cities, we're really so we're gonna we're gonna see another hubs for United. Then you, you never. It's you just you just never know. Um, I just can't get you. Can't get you to trip <laughs> up on this. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're super happy with what we have, and obviously 2021, we're um, really excited to be to, you know, to have the opportunities to grow um, that we do. So glad we made it through COVID, and um, I'm really optimistic about the future of multimodal travel in the U.S. All right, David Sunday, co-founder and CEO of Landline. Thank you for your time, and um, remember Lakewood Mall. Lakewood Mall. All right, Brad. Well, come try Bus Connection one of these days. Pretty interesting stuff, huh? I'd love to try this out one of these days, but that'll have to wait until I need to be in Colorado or Minnesota. But if they can get security to take place at the pickup point instead of at the big hub airport, that would be the real game changer. Now, before we go, I want to again thank Ontario International Airport, America's fastest growing airport three years running, for being a sponsor. Visit flyontario.com for more information. And if you'd like to advertise on the Cranky Flyer interview, hey, send us a note at advertise at crankyflyer.com. That's all for now. Until next time. <laughs>